The Cardinals end the scoreless streak and snap their losing streak. We've got a recap of the action. Yes, I said the action in yesterday's game as the team did indeed have base runners and they actually scored. A look ahead to the weekend series in L.A. against the Dodgers and it's Mailbag Friday where I answer some of your questions all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffron, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I do want to thank those of you who have made Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe as well and comment so you can interact with us. It is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So they did it. They did it, ladies and gentlemen. We got through. They finally broke through yesterday. And oh, what a feeling it was. The Cardinals' scoreless streak and their losing streak both come to an end yesterday afternoon in San Diego with a 5 to 4 Cardinals victory. Even though the scoreless streak lasted a little more than three games. It felt like it had been going on for months, didn't it? Like, it just felt like it had been going on forever. Each inning growing more and more frustrating. Each at bat looking more and more helpless. And perhaps perhaps they needed to hit rock bottom. Maybe that's what they needed to do, like they did on Wednesday night, where they were almost no hit by Blake Snell before they could begin their journey back from this dark place that the offense had disappeared to. Manager Ali Marmol continued to speak about the confidence he had in the team and how much confidence they had in themselves. And we're not in that clubhouse. I'm not there. We don't know what's real and what's not. But Ali, give him credit. He never wavered. He never got frustrated or angry with the reporters who, you know, each and every night are asking questions of why is this happening? What are they doing to fix it? Who was to blame? You see some managers who just blow up and they slam their hands on the tables and get all angry with reporters. Never really did that. He stayed calm, kept repeating that, he was not concerned that this was just one of those things that they would eventually work their way out of. We saw how explosive this offense can be back in the month of August and not just against bad teams either. Like they did good things against the Yankees and the Braves and the Brewers. It certainly wasn't much fun to watch them struggle against teams like the Nationals and the Reds and finally the Padres here this week. But on a beautiful Thursday afternoon in San Diego, the streak mercifully came to an end, but it didn't happen right away. That, that That is true. Let's take you back to yesterday and early on. You felt the urgency coming from the team. You know, Goldschmidt hits one up the middle in the first inning. Cronenworth makes a great play, and initially they call Goldie out at first, but the Cardinals review the play, and first baseman Brandon Drury's foot indeed came off the bag. So the Cardinals, they win the challenge. So that's a good thing, right? Goldie is safe. The guys have a, guys have a runner on. That's positive. Something actually went the Cardinals' way which was step one. Get some positive momentum going for them. Next hitter, Nolan Arenado, rips a double inside the third baseline. It hits the wall that jets out in left field, which allows the left fielder, Jerkson Profar, to get to it quicker. There's a play at second base, but Nolan dives in head first, is able to avoid the tag. He's called safe, and would you look at that? We got two guys on in the first inning. 
Dickerson, though, soft liner, shortstop. Kim makes a nice play on it with a, a tough throw. Give him credit. Good play. Good play. Gets him at first base, ends the inning. But you had some energy going there. You had some form of success. And I think that really helped get the ball rolling for the guys. And it was uh, their best hitters, Goldie, Arenado, who were able to kind of start to lift this cloud of doom that had been hovering over the offense over the last few games. Uh, still no runs, though. Okay, we're still getting shut out. Flaherty gets the start, and he's been okay. He's been okay, I guess, since coming back from the IL. So you go into the bottom of the inning, you're feeling a little bit better about things after a couple of hits, and then it took all of two pitches, two, to zap that away. As Flaherty serves up a 1-0 fastball, throws it right down Broadway, jerks and Profar smashes it into the right field stands, makes it a 1-0 Padres. Cardinals have to come back from behind again. Pujols leads off the second inning, and he rips a missile that lands just in front of the wall, a few feet short of uh, home run number 699, but it's a leadoff single, but Burleson whiffs, Kisner pops out, Newt walks, then Edmund whiffs inning over. That's all we got. Three hits, though. Three hits already. Inching closer and closer to, to scoring a run. Bottom of the second, the Padres get another one. On an RBI single by Luis Campusano, making it two to nothing. And Lars Newbar, who was in center field for this one, likely would have gunned the guy out at home play. Too. I believe it was Josh Bell trying to score. And he throws a missile in towards the plate and it hits the mound and takes this bad hop off the back of the mound. Just some bad luck right there. You know, it's just the way things have been going for the Cardinals recently. Uh, you get another single in the third inning for Arenado, but still no runs. Not until the top of the fifth do the Cardinals finally break through. And it's Newt Bar, who has been struggling as much as anyone on this team who gets it done. He rips an 0-1 cutter that was kind of in on his hands, gets out in front of it, puts it over the wall in right center to make it 2-1. to That ends the scoreless streak for the Redbirds. At 31 innings, a long, long 31 innings, but it's finally over. Moving on, Padres add another run in the bottom of the fifth inning. Their leadoff man gets on on an air by Arenado, and the Profar uh, double gets him home, makes it three to one. Albert in the sixth inning, he connects on one that initially, and I think almost all of us thought so. You know, uh, you know, Rooney thought so. Doing the play-by-play, uh, -play. play looked like a dinger off the bat, but it dies in front of the wall for an out, but. Again, he's getting closer as well. That bat's looking good right now. He's going to hit 700. It's going to happen, okay? Fast forward to the seventh where the Cardinals get a leadoff single from Dylan Carlson. It was pinch hitting for Alec Burleson. Burleson, by the way, hitting just 154 since being called up. It hasn't been easy. Kisner, he pops out again. Go figure. Uh, but Newbar works a walk, and uh, the Padres have to switch pitchers. They decide, hey, let's move it on. Nick Martinez, they're going to bring him in, who then walks Edmund. So we've got the bases juiced. One out, rookie Brennan Donovan at the plate, and he gets ahead in the count three to one before Martinez grooves a cutter right down the middle, right down the middle. And Donovan does not miss this one. He cranks his first major league grand slam over the wall in right field to make it five to three. Good guys. And I want to do this every time you hit a grand slam against the Padres. Slam Diego. How you like them apples? Because it's so annoying when their announcer does that. I hate it so much. And it's usually because it's a slam against the Cardinals and it drives me bonkers. So, anyway, if you'd asked me to predict who it was that were going to be the guys that got this team out of the funk, I would not have guessed Newbar or Brennan Donovan. But that's what happened. The boys are smiling. You got high fives going around. You see and feel actual life in the dugout and in the stands for the Cardinals fans who were in attendance. And there were a bunch of them shocked how many Cardinals fans 
were actually in San Diego for this one, not counting their 11 inning win on Saturday. The uh, Grand Slam here gives the Cardinals their first lead in 42 regulation innings. Top of eight, Ollie goes to the bullpen. He's got Helsley coming in, working on four days rest. So he's feeling fresh. He comes out humming, but unfortunately, hangs a breaking ball to the first hitter he sees, Manny Machado. He doesn't miss those too often. Drives it over the wall in center field. That's a solo shot. Five to four ball game. He gets the next two guys, but then walks Josh Bell on seven pitches. But during this at bat, on pitch number six, Helsley lights the gun up at Petco Park at 104 miles per hour, according to StatCast, which is the hardest thrown pitch of the season in Major League Baseball, beating teammate Jordan Hicks' previous high of 103.8. He ends up getting Kim to pop out next, but he throws 15 of 21 pitches at 100 miles per hour or faster. Just throwing smoke up there, dude. Helsley is special. In the ninth inning, Gallegos comes on, and I would assume it's because Helsley threw 21 pitches in the eighth that he didn't go two innings. I'm just assuming that, but Gallegos comes on, gets the Padres one, two, three. Uh, third out, gorgeous diving play by Goldschmidt to record that final out. Cardinals in their losing streak at three. They get the five to four victory. Everybody <sighs> can exhale and relax for a moment. Jack Flaherty picks up his first win of the season after going six. He strikes out a season high nine. He looked better, okay? That, that is something I'll say about Jack Flaherty. He did look better, and you would think that with time, he's going to get more comfortable out there and things are going to be a little bit easier for him. But, uh, man, everyone feels a whole lot better heading into the weekend. Uh, Gallegos gets the save, 14th of the season. The magic number drops to uh, five to clinch the division. Now the boys got to travel to L.A. and face the Dodgers, which is not an easy task whatsoever. We're going to preview that series next on Locked on Cardinals. But first, I would like to talk to you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online, if you haven't gone there yet, you're missing out. BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information. We've got a uh, live betting available for you there. Up to the minute scores for every sport that is out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Now, looking ahead to uh, football on Sunday. Last night, you had uh, the Browns and Steelers game, which I don't know if it screwed things up. I did not see the line. I did not know what <laughs> the betting odds were on Pittsburgh and Cleveland last night, but that touchdown at the end of the game, I feel like that might've screwed things up for some people. Just saying, just saying. Um, but looking ahead to football Sunday, you have got uh, some games that, that, that caught my eye. Tennessee favored two and a half at home over the Raiders. Titans kind of been gross this year. Chargers at home against Jacksonville. They're favored by six and a half. And I've been pretty impressed with the Chargers, especially their defense so far. And I know their quarterback, Herbert, dealing with a rib issue. So that's a component of this line right now. But I feel like that's a good one. Rams by three and a half over the Cardinals in Arizona. Remember, Arizona had that crazy comeback against the Raiders and uh, were able to come from behind, like way behind, to beat uh, Vegas. But the defending champions are 2-0. You got that Stafford Cup connection that that hasn't missed a beat, still rock solid. So I, I like the Rams at that one. Green Bay, Tampa Bay is even right now. Brady's receivers are all hurt. Packers looked a lot better in week two against the Bears. I'm a Packers fan, so uh, 
clearly. I'm going to be <laughs> rooting for the green and gold, but those are just some of the games that kind of caught my eye. Head to betonline.net, or you can use your mobile device to learn more, play some bets on your favorite team or teams this weekend, and have some fun. Bet online where the game starts. All right, now that the monkey is off their back, and as a reward, the Cardinals get to face the best team in baseball. Yay! <laughs> they are in L.A. this weekend, and will battle the Dodgers, who lead the major leagues with 104 wins. They've already clinched the NL West and are winners of seven of their last 10 games. The Dodgers, they feature all-stars up and down their lineup. At first base, you've got Freddie Freeman, all right? Leads the majors in hitting a 328, seven points ahead of Paul Goldschmidt. He's also got 20 dingers, 94 driven in. It's pretty darn good. At shortstop, you've got Trey Turner hitting 301, 20 home runs, 97 RBIs, 25 stolen bases, an absolute stud. Mookie Betts, you got him over in right field, hitting 272, but he leads the team with 35 home runs, which is tied for fourth in the National League with Paul Goldschmidt. Former NL MVP Cody Bellinger in center field, he's their number nine hitter on most nights. Like he bats last. Former MVP. He's hitting 201 this year, 17 home runs. Hasn't been the same since he hurt his shoulder. Remember that in the uh, playoffs? Was it the play? It might have been in the World Series that he did it. But remember, he hits a home run. He goes for the high five. Ends up injuring the shoulder. Hasn't been the same hitter since. So, um, But still, a former MVP bat ninth. That's crazy. Uh, their catcher, Will Smith, 22 home runs. Second in the league at that position. And has the most RBIs for a catcher in Major League Baseball with 83. Max Muncie, 21 home runs. Justin Turner, third baseman, 81 driven in. They added Joey Gallo. At the deadline, and he's been better since coming to L.A. from the Yankees. Not great, but he's been better. The team does strike out a lot. I will say that about the Dodgers. They are eighth in the National League in team strikeouts, but are third in the NL in home runs, first in RBIs, third in stolen bases. They got five guys who have double-digit stolen bases, so they will run. They're good. Their lineup, it, it's sick, man. Absolutely sick. Pitching-wise this weekend, they got three straight left-handers set to take on the Cardinals. And... We know the Cardinals love them some left-handed pitchers, man. They hit them usually pretty darn well. Uh, tonight, it'll be Jose Quintana against Andrew Heaney, who has dealt with injuries for a large part of the season, starting just 13 games, but he's been good when he plays. ERA, 2.66. He just threw four shutout innings and struck out eight in his last start against the Giants. The Cardinals have not faced Heaney since 2014, so it's been a while since they've seen Andrew Heaney on the mound. Most of the time, he's been in the American League. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, Clayton Kershaw. What a matchup that's going to be on Saturday. We know how good Clayton Kershaw is. I don't really have to go through his stats, do I? Three-time Cy Young Award winner, nine-time All-Star. He's won an MVP. The Cardinals have had success against him in the playoffs. I know that, but he it seems like he's been around forever, doesn't it? And it's because he has. All right. He came up with the Dodgers when he was 20 years old back in 2008. So he seems like he should be like Adam Wainwright's age and be in his 40s. He's only 34, 34 years old. And he's having another solid year. He's going nine and three. He's got an ERA of 2.39. That's at 19 starts and four starts in September. He missed most of August. I think he only had one start in August. But September, he's been fine. 2 and 0, ERA of 1.50, 29 strikeouts and 24 innings. He's been good. He's Clayton Kershaw, all right? The dude's been a stud for a long time. Cards haven't faced him, though, since 2019, which is a little surprising. Uh, let's go Sunday. Sunday, you got Adam Wainwright against Tyler Anderson. So you may not be familiar with Tyler Anderson all that much, so let me break it down for you. Tyler Anderson, until this year, 
has been a losing pitcher, a losing pitcher in the major leagues. Okay. Losing record. Last year he was seven and eleven. His ERA was four point five three. He pitched for Pittsburgh and Seattle last year. This year, totally a different dude. He's 15 and four with an ERA of 2.52 with the Dodgers. Like what? A total, total 180 from what he's been over his career. He's two and one in September. He's got an ERA of 1.35. The Cardinals did face him in July. You might've remembered this one through six shutout innings against the Cardinals as the Dodgers beat him four to nothing. Now, as far as the season series goes, the Dodgers lead it two to one. But if you remember, the Redbirds won game one. They won that one seven to six. And then in game two, they had a big lead. And then the bullpen imploded. You remember this game? Sadly, I do. Uh, Seven runs after the seventh inning. It was ugly. It was really bad. And you had guys like Drew Verhagen, Henesis Cabrera, and Junior Fernandez throwing in that one that accounted for five of the runs of the seven that ended up being scored after the seventh inning or after the sixth inning. None of those guys are on the team anymore. If that tells you anything, Gallegos gave up too. Uh, he was the other guy that pitched in that one. And uh, it wasn't pretty for Giovanni Gallegos in that one, but the Dodgers ended up winning that one seven to six. And, you know, it, it just left a bad taste in their mouth. And then they fall four to nothing in the next one. And you're just like, ah, what could have been? Because, you know, the Dodgers, they're the best team in baseball. And they're the ones that you want to beat. And when you play these guys like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Braves, that's the measuring stick. You know, you want to see how you compare to those teams. And for the most part this year, the, the Cardinals have been pretty good against those guys. Uh, should have taken two or three from L.A. when they played each other back in July at Bush Stadium. Things might be a little bit different at Dodger Stadium this weekend, but we'll see. Uh, the Cardinals coming out of this, hopefully coming out of this funk completely after uh, winning yesterday against the Padres. So hopefully they can do well against these left-handers that the uh, Dodgers have starting for them coming up tonight, tomorrow, and on Sunday. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the mailbag next here on Locked on Cardinals. We'll answer your questions. So I like to uh, not only get tweets from you guys at uh, LO underscore Cardinals for the podcast Twitter website, but also, uh, or I should say the uh, podcast Twitter handle, but also for myself at JD Sports Radio. So I appreciate all of you guys who drop a line, say hi, you know, uh, you guys do it on YouTube as well, which is awesome. I really appreciate that in the comments. A reminder, make sure you're hitting the like button and you're subscribing and then leave comments. That way we can all interact with each other down below. Uh, we get a lot of questions throughout the week. I can't answer all of them and I choose not to answer all of them because I like to save them for uh, Friday when we do this mailbag segment. So uh, first question, and I get this one every week. Every week I get this one. Will Nolan Arenado opt out and become a free agent after this season? I don't think so. Okay. Once and for all, I don't think so. I think he loves it here. I think he loves the fans, the atmosphere, their dedication to winning. You got to remember, he comes from Colorado where they weren't winning all that much. He's here two years. They went to the playoffs last year. They're going to the playoffs this year. The dedication to winning, it's real. And I think he's got a good relationship with the front office, at least as far as I know. So I don't think he goes anywhere. Now, why would he want out? You know, that's my thing. But but don't take my word for it. John Heyman, national writer, wrote about this too. Uh, let me find the quote here. He says that Nolan Arnato is said to love St. Louis so much, he will remain with the team despite his opt-out. He bought a house there. He just had a kid. And the team, despite his opt-out, um, 
Oh, wait, I already said that part. He bought a house there and appreciates having a great relationship with the front office. See, after uh, what he dealt with in Colorado, they could alter his deal is what Heyman says. But friends say he isn't going anywhere. Nolan Arenado, in my opinion, is the heart and soul of this team moving forward. After Yachty's gone and Albert's gone and eventually Wainwright, I, I think Nolan Arenado is your team captain. Goldschmidt, as great as he is, he's just not an emotional guy, doesn't appear to be a vocal guy. And I want my captain like Nolan. I want him fired up. I want him emotional uh, when it's good and bad. Like, I don't care what, what's going on. I like that he's into it no matter what's happening. Like, I just love seeing it. It's, it's my favorite thing about Arnato is the emotion he brings to the field each and every game. So I think he's perfect as their captain moving forward. So I'm sure they'll figure something out and um, they'll get it done so that he ends his career in a Cardinals uniform. I, I don't want to see him go anywhere else. And I'm sure you feel the same as well. If you don't, leave a comment down below. Let me know. Uh, favorite ballpark to see a game at besides Bush Stadium. All right. So this one, I, I get asked about this a lot, too. Sadly, I have not been to a ton of major league ballparks over my life. Uh, St. Louis, obviously, been there hundreds of times. Kansas City, I've been there. Uh, Wrigley Field in Chicago. Cincinnati's Great American Ballpark. I've been to San Diego. I went to Candlestick in San Francisco, apparently, when I was a kid. I don't remember this. My, my parents took me there, <laughs> but I don't remember that one at all. Uh, I've been to the Detroit Tigers' newest stadium. Been there. But that's about it. I... I don't really go to a lot of other ballparks, but I hear from people who go to games all over the country that uh, Pittsburgh's PNC Park is awesome and that Oracle Park in San Francisco is amazing. I just love Bush Stadium. It's my favorite place to go. But if you are looking for other ballparks, I think Pittsburgh, San Francisco, those are the ones I hear the most about that are so good. Um, so I'm looking forward. One day, one day, I'll get to visit both of those. And uh, maybe I'll make a tour around uh, the nation and go to different ballparks. But uh, I haven't had the time or the funds <laughs> to do something like that yet. So uh, maybe someday. Uh, if you have a favorite ballpark, leave it in the comments down below as well. All right, we got time for one more. If you had a walk-up song, what would it be? So in college, I used to come out to Blur Song 2. That's the woohoo that song. I used to come out to that one. And I liked it because it got the crowd singing and having fun, which I think is, is the is the cool part about having a walk-up song. Like when you have something that's just weird, like I don't understand why guys come out to like slow songs. Like it's bizarre to me. Like how does that get you focused or <laughs> get you excited to go up to the plate or to come out as a pitcher? I don't understand that. Like the slow country songs, like I don't get it. I'm a metal guy though. So I like heavier bands. Like I like Slipknot. Uh, Vinge Sevenfold, Mudvayne, Corn, uh, Tool, Rage Against the Machine, Limp Biscuit, stuff like that. I'm into that kind of music. So something heavy would be something I would come out um, nowadays. Uh, Pantera, Cowboys from Hell, Five Minutes Alone. Those are good ones. Metallica, Master of Puppets, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Those are good ones. Like I love Helsley's uh, walkout music, ACDC, obviously huge. I love them. Uh, what would you guys come out to? That's a, that's a real question. If you guys got something that you would come out to, or maybe you you did at one point in your careers, let us know. Leave your comments down below. Uh, thank you for all the questions. Thank you each and every week. We do the mailbag. So if you have something that you want me to answer, and it doesn't always have to deal with baseball. We could talk football. We could talk basketball. We could talk anything. Food, music, I, it doesn't matter, okay? There, there's life outside of baseball, even though this is a baseball podcast. We could talk about other things. It's okay. 
Uh, leave the comments down below on YouTube, and of course, hit us up on Twitter. Once again, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. We call him Sully. He doesn't like it when you say his full name. Uh, he brings the humor, the passion, unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. The Cardinals have a seven-and-a-half game lead in the division. Their magic number is five. Pujols at 698 with 11 to play, but he's getting close. You can feel it in this last game. These balls are going to the wall, and they're just coming up short. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. Jose Quintana gets the ball tonight against fellow left-hander Andrew Heaney. We got a 9-10 St. Louis start. Unfortunately, in case you were not aware, this game is only going to be available on Apple TV+. Plus. So make sure that you figure out the information so you can watch the game tonight on how to see it on Apple TV+. Plus. It is not going to be on Bally. It's not going to be on the MLB stuff. Uh, you have to go to Apple TV Plus to watch the game. As always, though, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals. Have a great weekend, everybody. 